What were the biggest surprises and disappointments from the Denver Broncos defense in the first half of the season? And what might they be able to do in the second half to build on the success that they found here a little bit in recent weeks? Well, we're going to dive deep into that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It wasn't pretty for the Denver Broncos defense in the first half of the season, but they've started to find their rhythm and how might they be able to build on it. Well, we're going to dive deeper down today's brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country once again for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code, all lowercase, NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Sarah, the Broncos defense, my friend, I tell you what, throughout the first half of the season, there is definitely some surprises, some good, some bad surprises, and obviously some disappointments we'll dive deep into as well here. But as the team prepares for a second half stretch where they're looking to go on a run, the defense has played drastically better. But as we put things into perspective from how they got here, let's focus, as always, we did yesterday's episode of the show where we talked about surprises on offense. Let's talk about surprises on the defensive side of the ball here. Uh, I'm very curious to see where you start off because I feel like there were several that we could highlight. But in terms of player standpoints, there are a couple of guys that stand out. Cody, I'm going to throw a, a little curveball here. I didn't put this on the script, but as you were talking just a, just a bit ago, kind of inspired me to, to think about maybe arguably the biggest surprise so far this season for the Denver Broncos has got to be the Jekyll and Hyde of Vance Joseph, right? I mean, we went from the fan base calling for his head after the first four or five weeks of the season to... Now here the last three, four games, it's kind of like, oh my goodness, is Vance Joseph, is, is is it more like Vance Wolsef? Is Vance Joseph him? <laughs> like, what is going on? It, it's a, it's the biggest turnaround I think we, we could have possibly seen in the first half of a season from going from allowing 70 points against the Miami Dolphins to giving up just 28 points in two games against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, is there a bigger surprise than that uh, as far as what we saw in those first four or five games compared to what we've seen in the last three weeks or so from Vance Joseph, especially given the fact that that first Chiefs game was on a four days of rest. There was no confidence from the fan base that any that there was any sort of way you were going to be able to even limit the Kansas City Chiefs, much less for two games against them, hold them to 28 total points and no touchdowns for the first time since what did I, what did I read? Cody was that that was the first time that the Kansas city chiefs didn't score a touchdown in a game since 2019 or 2021, something like something insane like that. So my goodness, I mean, yeah, you inspired me as you were kind of talking through the, the just kind of teasing everything like man, Vance Joseph and that turnaround has got to be the biggest surprise so far. I think that's a fair point to make, and, and I'm glad you brought it up as well. And, and look, I think that as Denver has gone through this wide up and down roller coaster of a season, remember through the first five weeks, they had the worst DVOA in NFL history in 60 something years like that. We were like, oh, this is historic pace. Like there is no way that Denver's going to maintain course 
a shout out to Vance Joseph. He's done a terrific job. And look, I think one thing I want to make very clear, those players inside that locker room, the key leaders there, they have been behind and have been supporting Vance every step of the way, even when things were really bad, especially following that Miami Dolphins game, which we're all, I think, going to want to forget about at some point. That was just a weird, weird anomaly to this very wacky NFL season. So, yeah, I agree with you there. I'm going to give a player here that I feel like has probably been the biggest surprise to me through the first half of the season, and that's going to be outside linebacker Nick Benito. I mean, Sarah, you and I coming into the offseason, a lot of our player profile series, our storylines, things that we wanted to see for this season was basically on defense saying, can Nick Benito take the next step forward, right? And they obviously went and they got Jamar Kane in the offseason, and we factored in, okay, well, now they have Randy Gregory, they have Frank Clark. How is Nick Benito going to fit into the mix? And all of a sudden, Nick Benito has emerged into the guy to the point where the Broncos are like, all right, bye, Randy Gregory, bye, Frank Clark. It's Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito's show. And I would say that those two guys have probably been huge surprises to me on the defensive side of the ball, but even more so impressive, Nick Benito's ascendance and what he's done from last year to this year. I mean, it is it is different, Sarah, and he deserves all the kudos. He is an entirely different player. And, man, you see him playing with confidence. I don't know if you saw early on that first drive against the Kansas City Chiefs where Denver forced the three and out. Mahomes on that third down was scrambling to the right and was trying to get something. Nick Benito pressured him and brought him down. And those two guys were jawing back and forth like Nick Benito is not scared of the moment. To me, that was huge. That was a surprise. He leads the team in quarterback hits at 13. He leads the team in sacks at five and a half. He leads the team in tackles for loss at nine. I mean, Nick Benito is that dude off the edge, and, and he's exactly what a lot of people hoped he could be coming out of Oklahoma. Remember, before the Broncos got him at, what was that, pick 64 overall in the 2022 NFL draft, or 2020, yeah, that's right, 20. Yeah, he was a rookie last year. So, Cody, before the Broncos got him there, there was a lot of talk about him as a potential first-round guy, right? I mean, they're, they're pass rushers. You always look at the twitchy, athletic pass rushers as potential first-round picks, and you do see teams fall into that trap quite often. I think even from the same draft class, Adafe Owe for the Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, super athletic, you know, really great option off the edge in terms of his speed, burst, all those sorts of things. but production wasn't always necessarily there at Penn State. Now we do see that from Nick Benito, where the production was always there at Oklahoma. The question was, size-wise, could he hold up in the NFL? Man, we're seeing him play a really productive role for the Broncos, and I think we got to give some love as well in the secondary to a guy that, you know, I know you have been, I had a chance to interview him in the offseason. We talked him up after the, the finale to the 2022 season against the Chargers. Jaquan McMillan. I, I can't say we're surprised, Cody, but I think for a lot in Broncos country, he has been a surprising development. And certainly for national media who are just not, we saw Brian Baldinger call him out uh, on his Twitter account as well. Jaquan McMillan, he's been a very surprising development considering the Broncos started the season off with he's saying Bassey in that nickel spot. Just the the expectation and how hard the nickel position honestly is to play, Sarah. Like that's what blows me away a little bit about what Jaquan has been able to do, right? Because we saw him last year on the outside going against Mike Williams, and we're all of a sudden we're sitting here like, who is number thirty five? Well, now he's number twenty nine, right? But all of a sudden, you know, we're like, hey, this is a guy we're going to watch in training camp. He goes throughout training camp. You see him playing well on the outside. You see him playing well in the nickel in the preseason. Obviously, had a a sack, I think, in that first preseason game that Denver had playing the nickel. And all of a sudden, you know, Kwan Williams goes down with the injury and they roll with the saying Bassey just because he's got the experience. He's a little bit of an older guy. And Bassey, you know, had a great preseason. 
And then he started to struggle in the regular season and Denver made the switch to Jaquan. And all of a sudden Jaquan is taking the opportunity. He's run with it. I mean, he had six tackles this past week against Kansas city, one pass defense. He had two tackles for a loss, including two key stops on third down. And not to mention the interception of Patrick Mahomes, just the instinctual nature that we're seeing in play. And all of a sudden now, like Denver's in a position, I think we were coming into it after K-1's injury. I think you and I were having conversations. I don't know if we had them necessarily on the show, but we were talking about, okay, well now with K-1's injury, like what, what does Denver do at nickel in 2024? Like what is their plan? Well, I think they have their plan now. I think they have their guy. And look, it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg to be able to have that. And he's a guy that is continuing to grow. He's continuing to ascend. And you can use his skill set to do some really good things. And he's off to a great start. If he can play big in big moments against teams like Kansas City, Sarah, I think that he can play here in this league. We've seen him not shy away from the moment. Jaquan's got good ball instincts. He's got great technique. This is a guy that, look, I, I wish I could go into the depth about how much this guy prepares. Like all of last season when he was on the Broncos practice squad, he was preparing. He was taking notes. He was documenting and watching film as if he was going to play that week. And that's something that Broncos DB coach Christian Parker has lauded about him. But then he's like, you know, we, he's like, we weren't surprised. Like when week 18 came around, Christian Parker told me we weren't surprised. We knew J-Mac was going to go in there and play because he prepared every week as if he was going to play. He knew the game plan. He knew the scheme. He knew what the opposing wide receivers were doing. He knew the game plan about what they were maybe trying to attack. And this is how he prepares his game. Well, now he's a starter. He's excelling in that and he's doing it even more. So for me, massive, massive surprise here in the first half of the season for the Denver Broncos and Broncos country. We want to ask you as well, when you look at the Broncos defensive side of the ball, who were some players? What were some of the biggest surprises, in your opinion, in the first half of the season? Well, we're also going to go on to the flip side of that. We're going to talk about which elements of the team, which players have disappointed so far through the first half of the season. You're going to get all of that on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Prize Picks. And Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports done right. Prize Picks is the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, and then you place your entry. With the basketball season here now, you can now pick a combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league that was created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. You want to play alongside some of Price Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Scholes. So you can now find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Price Picks community each and every week. Price Picks, they also offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. And make sure you check it out. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LOCKEDONNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. We talked about the positives and the surprises defensively for the Denver Broncos already, but what about maybe some players or areas that have disappointed i mean based on the way things went early on shouldn't be too difficult 
to highlight a few or maybe low light a few, but we want to hear from you as well. Who do you think? Drop it in the comments if you're listening on YouTube. And hey, we got to stop really quick, Cody, and say thank you to every single one of these people who makes Locked On Broncos their first listen of the day every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available that you can find your podcast anywhere. And as well as on YouTube, where, like I said, you can drop your answers in the comments, your thoughts, engage with us and other members of Broncos country. As well as if you would take the time, we would really appreciate if you subscribe to the channel. It means the world to Cody and I to have your support. And, and we love getting to interact with you as well. So disappointments defensively for the Denver Broncos early on in the, the 2023 season. I mean, like I said, not going to be too hard to pinpoint some players, some areas. We've already seen the Denver Broncos bench a couple of guys, cut some. I mean, it has been ruthless out there in terms of the only thing they didn't do that fans were calling for really Cody was fire Vance Joseph, which seems to be the right decision at this point. He's really helped turn things around. Obviously for you, what's been maybe the biggest disappointment defensively so far this season. I almost feel like this could be unanimous for Broncos country. Well, you know, I think one of them too, we look at the defensive line, um, for me, I, Jonathan Harris got the starting job going into it. And I think so much of what we were trying to talk about this season is, okay, hey, you go out and you get Zach Allen. You lose two of your guys, right? You lose Draymond. You replace him with Zach Allen. You lose, you know, another def Deshaun Williams. He goes to Carolina. You replace him with Jonathan Harris, who has had a, a very, very good story, a feel-good story about, you know, kind of where he's at. But Jonathan Harris just simply wasn't playing at the level that you expected from a starter. I feel like that was that was a little disappointing. And all of a sudden, like Denver in the last couple of weeks, they've made some changes where, okay, now DJ Jones and Mike Purcell are both he healthy. Well, now you're seeing a little bit more of DJ Jones and Mike Purcell. You're seeing DJ at DN, Mike Purcell at nose tackle, and then Zach Allen at the other defensive end spot where I feel like Denver has been a little bit more consistent. Because here's the issue that we saw in the first five weeks. And look, obviously the historically bad start, that's another disappointment that we saw. It was just like through the first five weeks, it was this is the worst defense we've ever seen in the NFL, which was so weird considering Denver's personnel was the same. So I think a lot of it, injuries had to factor in when Denver lost Josie for you know a week and then lost Justin Simmons for a couple of weeks. And we were sitting here wondering, like, who's going to step up? What's, what's going to happen? And now we're starting to see them find that gel and find that rhythm. But, you know, I, I think Jonathan Harris just has struggled a little bit in terms of just being a guy who can anchor against the run, who's also a guy that, you know, you need your DNs to come up and pass and pass for a situation just to fluster the quarterback. We haven't consistently seen that. And it's leading to, you know, him getting drawn into a double team, which leads to, you know, an offensive lineman, whether it's a guard, whether it's a tackle, being up to get to the play side linebacker. And that's where we've seen them in the first five weeks surrender big yards and big gains on the ground in the run game, almost at a historic rate as well. So for me, that was a little bit of a big disappointment, I think, through the first half part of the season here for the Broncos. What about you? What, you know, outside of defensive line, was there any other areas or players that you could pinpoint that you're like, you know what, I expected this, but we didn't get quite get that out of them in the first half? I think the biggest disappointment defensively, and, and it pains me to even say this because I know he's a young player and I know I got to practice what I preach or listen to my own words, I guess, Cody. And we talked all offseason development and progress in the NFL is not always linear and I think uh, many of us myself included expected that out of Damari Mathis right the starting cornerback or kind of formerly the starting cornerback at this point I mean it was a brutal first half of the season for Mathis you know benched in that Green Bay game for or ahead of that Green Bay game in favor of Fabian Moreau and just it seems like every time the ball is thrown Mathis's direction 
it's it's a big play for the other team. It just feels that way. I know he hasn't it hasn't been all bad this season. He has made some plays, but really feel like Mathis, the Broncos put a lot of faith in him. George Payton said early in the offseason they feel like he's a starting caliber corner in the NFL. I'm sure that sentiment remains, but as of right now, I mean, he's kind of been a liability out there for this team and was a big reason why they were struggling so badly and why a lot of folks were saying, man, having Pat Sertan on one side of the field is useless if the guy on the other side of the field is giving up everything thrown in his direction. Unfortunately, that's just been where Damari Mathis has been at this season. Hopefully we can see him progress. But I I think arguably to me, he's been the biggest disappointment on this team so far in 2023. And you just want to continue to just see him take, you know, how does he manage this, right? Because I think when Denver went into the dime package against Kansas City, Damari went on the outside. You had Moreau and you had obviously Jaquan inside the slot. And then you obviously had Sertan on the other side. So he's still going to play, but now obviously now that he's not starting on defense, you know what it means. It means he's going to get more opportunities, more looks on special teams as a gunner, as a jammer, and how he approaches that I think will be a big determining factor as to you know him getting another opportunity, right? Because how many times, like even go back to who was Isaac Yadam back in the day, struggled, you know, got cooked a little bit as a member of the Denver Broncos, but cut his hay, cut his teeth on the special team side of the ball. Same with Michael Ojemudia. And all of a sudden we saw them get their opportunities once again, right? And, and that's the thing about the NFL is, hey, you're just another injury away from maybe being back into that spot. And hopefully nothing happens. Hopefully Denver can stay healthy and all facets of their team operation going into the second half of the season. But I, I think for a guy like Damari, just make, making sure you don't lose your confidence in a situation like that, because this could be very temporary. You know, it, it, you bench now, but you could be starting next week. So it's just about biding your time, putting the work in. And look, Damari's got a great mindset. I've had a chance to talk to Damari in the locker room at times, and he's got a good mindset. He's so focused on just continually getting better, and it's tough. You know, yeah, it didn't have the the start to the season he had hoped for, but it's a learning opportunity. As you mentioned, growth is not linear. It's all over the place from time to time here, and also for one of the hardest positions in the game. He's got a good mindset. I think we'll see him bounce back going forward here for the Broncos, and I don't know, maybe like another area we can maybe pinpoint. I don't don't know if we can necessarily say disappointment, right? But I think like depth has been a little bit of a concern. Like, is it fair to be like disappointed in like the opportunities that we've seen Drew Sanders get? Or I feel like he's a rookie. So for the times when he had to get put into the game, especially against Miami and especially in the Chicago game, but like he struggled, right? But that's kind of like, hey, welcome to the NFL rookie. So I don't know if that's necessarily a disappointment because we've seen them go to some 4-3 looks. Thought he's played well in those 4-3 looks. He's playing really good on special teams right now. So I don't think it's fair to me for to say like, okay, I'm disappointed in Drew Sanders because the expectation was he wasn't going to play as much this season anyways. But now that he's been able to get on the field, it's good to see him get some opportunities, get some reps in because I think that will also help with development. Yeah, I think so, too. It kind of just feels like maybe a misjudgment of the depth at at times for the Broncos pro scouting staff, coaching staff, front office. Not that I mean, I don't know more football than a lot of those guys. Obviously, I I can't say every one of them, Cody, because they're not batting a thousand at this point. But and of course, you know, I am we are on the. No, I'm just kidding. But when you look at situations (laughs) that the Broncos faced early in the season, like when Drew Sanders was pressed into action, I mean, they they drafted him for that. But you could argue they did not plan for the defensive line, the the depth that they have there. And they brought in Shelby Harris and, and had him on a visit and didn't sign him for whatever reason. And that ultimately was a problem early on. You saw issues with the guys that they signed, like Frank Clark and 
Randy Gregory. Those guys did not provide what you needed uh, in the secondary. Delarian Turner Yell really struggled when he came in, but you had an opportunity to plan for that with PJ Locke being on injured reserve, as well as Caden Stearns going down rather quickly. Had opportunities to plan for those kinds of things, did not do it. The nickel corner position, you misjudged that from the very start, right? You had a saying Bassey starting in that role after a good preseason, but Jaquan McMillan, who by all accounts has played better at every opportunity that he's been given, was sitting on the bench. So kind of a misjudgment of depth early on, causing you to make these corrections in the season that I think, unfortunately, a lot of us saw coming. You just didn't take those steps to really protect yourself in the moment when you had the chance. And that's a, a learning lesson, I think, on the player side and also on the coaching side, too. I'm very curious to see how things will turn about here in the second half part of the schedule for the Broncos. And Sarah, that's going to lead to us talking about what do we, when it comes to the Broncos defense, what do we want to see more of or for them to improve on in the second half part of the schedule? Well, Broncos country, you're going to get all that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of Locked on Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. And folks, whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Get all of your local favorites delivered directly to your doorstep on game day. So you don't have to go out there and pick something up. They bring it directly to you. Now, if you're in the Denver area, some local favorites that I personally love, you've heard me mention Illegal Pete's several times. My go-to is obviously a protein-packed burrito with double protein chicken and steak. On, on top of that, rice with a little bit of queso inside of it. Or you can never go wrong with one of their quesadillas as well. It's fantastic. It's fresh. And that's what I usually get if I'm watching the Denver Nuggets play. Or if the Broncos are on the road, DoorDash is my daily go-to on game days. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just the buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Kick back at kickoff with unbeatable deals on everything that you need for the watch party or tailgate and score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. Get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all of your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and you enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Once again, get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, once again, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for bearing with us through the bye week, Blues. We appreciate you for rocking with us every single day, all year long here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. You can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So thank you so much, Broncos country and all the everydayers out there who consistently listen, who consistently engage with us, means the world to us. Thank you for making the show exactly what it is here. What would we like to see from the Broncos defense more, either more of, or something they need to do better in the second half part of the schedule here. That's going to be our focal point here on the conversation on today's lockdown Broncos. And as you're listening or watching along, make sure you share with us your thoughts on that. Sarah, I'm going to start with one thing and it's going to be cliche, right? Good things happen when the Broncos defense generates takeaways. And through the first part of those first four games, five games, Denver struggled with getting takeaways I mean, they had one takeaway against the Raiders in week one, which was a tip pass intercepted by Kareem. The second takeaway that they got, I think, came in that week four game against the Chicago Bears. So takeaways weren't coming. Denver found a way this past week against Kansas City to generate five total takeaways. To me, 
that is a key for sustainability, and it also helps them get off the field. Not only have they been good in the red zone and third down, they've generated takeaways. I think that's something I think we need to see a little bit more of here in the second half part of the schedule. It definitely is. They're creeping into or close to the top 10 in terms of forcing turnovers. They are 11th in the NFL right now with 12 total turnovers. Obviously, that game against the Chiefs, a huge boost. And you do want to see more of that going forward. One of my favorite things, Cody, is when basically now the entire team gathers together after a turnover and, you know, goes and poses in one of the end zones. It provides some great photos for us to use, you know, as the podcast thumbnails or for me writing on predominantly orange. I love those pictures. It's great to see. Uh, all those guys having fun together like that. And, and turnovers really galvanize a team. It, it really does change momentum of a game. So do everything in your your part to keep forcing turnovers. I think also, you know, continuing the success on, on third downs and in the red zone. As I'm looking at the Broncos statistics for this season, Cody, they are 12th defensively in the red zone. There was a point there where, I think shockingly they were only 31st. I think maybe there was a team like the Vikings at one point were 32nd and allowing every you know touchdown opportunity in the red zone, but the Broncos have climbed from being 31st in red zone percentage all the way up to number 12 in the NFL, allowing 50% of opportunities stay tight in the red zone and also on third down. I mean, the Broncos were also near the bottom of the NFL at allowing third downs at one point and now they are all the way up to get this 15th in the NFL in terms of third down percentage defensively. So they're in the top half of the league on third down. They're very much so in the top third of the league almost in terms of red zone defense. So keep those two areas going at whatever you've got working on third down, whatever you've got working in the red zone, keep it up in the second half. I think you just need to continue to build on the things that are working right. And I think where Denver has impressed me with what adjustments they have made after the historically bad start is just the amount of communication that they've had, like they didn't communicate much in the first five weeks. There, there were a lot of miscommunication errors in terms of how the defense was operating. And now Vance Joseph has seemingly kind of not necessarily gone away from the Fangio blueprint, like the Fangio like scheme look is there, but a lot of like Vance's calls that he's running that he's historically ran defensively are starting to kind of transition and become what the defense is doing. And they're doing it really well right now. So for me, it, I, I think that's where maybe the graces come in from Sean Payton a little bit. I think maybe, and, and I don't know, I can't confirm this. This is just speculation, but it maybe feels like as much as Denver wanted to preserve the the integrity of the scheme that they had last year, it's almost like now they're blending both what Vance calls and what he has called historically into some of those scheme looks that Fangio would be out there. So you're showing something, but then you're doing something entirely different. No coincidence, the Broncos defense since doing those things it's helped them against the run. It's helped them in the passing game in terms of mitigating explosive plays. I think there's no coincidence there, and I think you need to see a little bit more of that going forward here for the Broncos. And look, I think another thing that they've done really well, we talked about them moving on from Randy Gregory, Frank Clark. You've seen Jonathan Cooper. You've seen Nick Benito. And now, hey, welcome in, Baron Browning, to the party. The Broncos are generating a lot more pressure on the quarterback consistently. I think DJ Jones has also, to be honest with you, I, since he's been healthy from that knee injury, DJ's had a little bit of a bigger presence. Josie and Alex Singleton are getting involved a little bit. The nickel is getting involved sometimes in the blitz game. Like you're just seeing more diversified looks here from this Broncos defense. And I think they need to continue to build on that here going forward. Sarah, I don't know how you feel about that, but you rank you naming off where they were defensively versus now where they're at. Like that's huge progress considering that, Hey, at one point after that 70 point performance against the Miami dolphins, 
Denver, despite some improvements they've made, were still 32nd in the NFL in a lot of the major categories. Now it's starting to balance out a little bit to where we're kind of getting to where, okay, hey, where's the true median at for them? To me, I'm excited to see if that development plays out here in the second half. I am too. And I think that means you just got to limit the low lows, right? You can't have those low moments like you had against, certainly against Miami, but maybe not even like you had against the Washington commanders where you had a 21 to three lead and you blow it because the defense is just giving up big play after big play, limiting big plays, limiting those low, low moments, I think is going to be crucial. As you said, the progress it's been already pretty astronomical in terms of what the Broncos have done the last few weeks. So limit those low moments, keep the heat on in the pass rush department and stay tight in the red zone and on third down defensively. That's the biggest thing here. Well, Broncos country, we want to hear from you as always. What are your thoughts on the Broncos defense? The biggest surprises, the biggest disappointments and what you want to see more of from this team and this unit specifically going into the second half part of the schedule. If you're watching on YouTube, comment it. If you're listening, wherever you get your podcast, you can always interact with us on social media, on Twitter and threads. I'm at Cody Work NFL. Sarah's on Twitter at Sarah Bettinger. And you can always interact with the Locked On Broncos Twitter handle at Locked On Broncos here. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us. No post-game show coming up this week, which is a little bit weird. But for Monday's episode of Lockdown Broncos, here's what you can expect. Broncos country, we're continuing our report card series. How have the Broncos rookies looked so far in their first season? What have the second-year players for the Broncos looked like? And more importantly, what do we want to see these guys all do in the second half part of the schedule to take the next step forward? You're going to get all that on Monday's brand-new episode, Lockdown Broncos.